0: Hello and welcome back to Polliver, a BMX podcast with Chris Doyle. It's recently been brought to my attention that I might be saying Polliver wrong. Two guys from the UK hit me up and they said, Doyle, I really like the podcast, but I think you're saying Polliver wrong. (laughs) And one guy told me this in person at the Battle of Hastings. He said, I really enjoy what you're doing, man. I, I'm i into it. But uh, it's pronounced palaver. You really drew out that A. And uh, if that's the way that it's pronounced, so be it. But I don't speak in a British accent, so maybe I just can't say it right. So um, for now, it's palaver. And uh, I'm sorry if uh, that's wrong to you based on where you live. Actually, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Whatever. Um, anyways, um Thank you for all the feedback on my last podcast in which it was just me talking with, uh, n- without a, a guest, without a, a, an interview. Uh, got a lot of good feedback, which I didn't really expect. So I'm happy that everyone liked it. I'm, I'm happy that most people liked it. I'm sure there's people out there that thought it was lame. But again, sorry, not sorry. On this episode, I once again do not have a guest. There's no interview here. It's, it's again, just me talking and uh, talking about things that I've thought about recently. I've been thinking about natural athleticism lately and the people that have it, you know, your friend that's good at everything and it just drives you nuts. I've been thinking about that a lot. And... Um, I've also been thinking, and and I'm going to touch back on natural athleticism uh, a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, I'm going to dance around a little bit, much like I do. And I was thinking the other day about when I turned professional, when I started riding professionally, and I thought about the the attitude that a lot of adults had at that time when I was wanting to be a pro bike rider because when I was 13, 14, 15 years old, maybe even as old as uh, 16, I started to think, I started to notice in the magazines that people had sponsors. People were making money. I don't know if a lot of people were making a living, but people were making money. So it started to plant, it planted a seed in me where it was like, huh, maybe I could do that. I'm pretty good. I thought it was good. And I started to tell people that, I started to tell my, like, my mom that, I told other people from like my parents' generations, I'd like to be a pro bike rider. And you always got a weird look, you always got like a, that's not a realistic thing type of vibe. Um, and even though that was at the beginning of that whole, we have to protect a kid's self-esteem, type of thing, you know, like everyone gets a ribbon, everyone gets on base, everybody gets a trophy. It was like the beginning of that. So if you were in your early teens and you told an adult, I want to be a professional basketball player, most adults would be like, you know what, believe in your dreams, try hard and focus on on your goal and you can do anything you set your mind to. I want to be a pro bike rider. I want to be a pro BMXer. And you get yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) Like, that was like one of those things, like most adults would just like straight up come out and be honest with you. Like, no, that's not a real thing. No one's going to pay you to ride a BMX bike. And I thought that, I thought that's funny. Like how, uh, I actually remember talking to a friend about that, um, about how like how ridiculous our parents thought it was that we were so into riding little BMX bikes. But you can't blame that generation because it was so new. Like this is a new thing. I know, like you think, BMX has been around for a long time, but I mean, the '70s, the late '70s, weren't that long ago. Like it, it really wasn't. So, and and people have been playing like basketball and football way longer, and the more traditional sports. So that always kind of, kind of, um, I guess it bothered me a lot when I was young, but I get it now. I I, I understand where that uh, where my mom was coming from. I understand where my guidance counselor was coming from. I went to this, uh, I went to a college prep school in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, a private school where the whole goal of this high school is to send you on to uh, college, sometimes a decent college. And most of my classmates did go on to decent colleges. And like a lot of my classmates didn't go on to like a trade school. They didn't jump right into the workforce. Um, that wasn't something you heard about. And most of, the, most of the people didn't even like go to like community college or anything. Like they went on to like real deal colleges. I forget what the percentage was, but it was like they had like a 90% rate of like getting uh, their, their students into decent colleges. That's, that's the high school that I went to. And I wanted to be a pro bike rider. And, and also I know everyone's thinking uh, the weatherman thing as well, but, uh, that didn't come until, till later. Um, but, uh, I remember sitting, it was the beginning of my junior year and I'm telling my uh, guidance counselor about riding, riding bikes. And I didn't even mention that I wanted to be pro yet, but I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to like do something like this. And and this maybe even do something in the industry. And he's like, looks at me, he's like, Hey, no one's going to pay you to ride a little bike. And again, I I was mad then, but now I get it. And I was kind of like, and I'm like, I brought actual proof. I brought a magazine. I'm like, look at this this, this bike this guy's riding. They're paying him. This shirt, the, or the logo on his shirt. Like, they're paying him. Like, see this contest? These guys made money. And I, I mean, keep in mind, like, it was contests where, like, first place was 300 bucks as a 15, 16-year-old, that's a lot of money. But in, in the real world, it kind of isn't. So, you know, I was mad then, but now I get it. And, uh, and yeah, so um, I, it was actually later that year. I, it was my first pro contest, and I, I made finals. I made some money, and that was what kind of kick-started everything. Um, but I did get accepted to a couple of colleges, um, surprisingly, for how bad my grades were and how bad my SAT, SAT scores were but um what was I talking about oh I was going into uh natural athleticism a little bit and again I'm going to touch on that later but um since I'm talking about high school <laughs> glory days uh Paul Kai three touchdowns one game <laughs> uh I hope um I hope you guys get that reference anyways uh I went to school with this kid who um natural athlete he was like uh and keep in mind no one in my high school rode bmx it was just me Uh, all my other riding buddies went to different schools so i'm the only bike rider in my school but i had become really good friends with this kid who was like our star tennis player his name was casey degnan and we're still friends to this day we still talk every once in a while so uh casey was our star tennis player and he went to college i don't know if he got a scholarship to play tennis or I don't know if it was like a partial scholarship, but regardless, he played tennis in college and he ended up having like a pretty gnarly elbow uh, injury in which he had to have a, a, a you know a, a pretty serious surgery, which he thought was gonna derail his tennis career. But he switched hands and learned how to play with his opposite hand. And he got so good playing with his opposite hand that he took his team, or he took his, his college The farthest that they'd ever gone in like the NCAA tournament or something like that. Um, My facts might be a little bit off on that, but uh, you kind of get the gist. He was just natural, like naturally gifted athlete. And And Casey later went on to become a professional ultimate Frisbee player. He got so good at playing ultimate Frisbee, he turned it into a profession. And now I think he owns or he's like partial owner of like a ultimate Frisbee club. In North Carolina, like it's one thing when you tell someone that you're or riding a BMX bike professionally seems ridiculous. Imagine being a professional ultimate uh, ultimate frisbee player. Like that's gotta be uh, well, I don't know. People might relate to that more because everyone's throwing a frisbee. Not everyone's jumped a BMX bike, so maybe. Uh, It's less ridiculous to be an ultimate Frisbee player than it is to be a professional BMX bike rider. But shout out to Casey Degnan for, you know, taking that that passion for playing Frisbee and turning it into a career. That's awesome. Natural athleticism. Well, that sounds like... Is that a song lyric? Take your passion and make it happen. Take your passion. That's right. It's... (laughs) I told you my musical taste was whack. Um, that's from that flash dance song. What a feeling. <laughs> Take your passion and make it happen. Oh, wow, that's funny. Um, so today is May 10th, 2020. It's Mother's Day. So hopefully you're doing something nice for Mom today. Buying her some flowers, taking her out to eat, or whatever you guys like to do. Today is also one of my best friend's birthdays. It's one of my best friend's 40th birthdays. Uh, Mr. Ryan the Snake Barrett. The Snake, AKA Barrett Snake Lizard Hips, AKA Snakeskin Boots, AKA Meathead, depending on how long you've known him, AKA The Shovelhead, thanks to Ryan Popple, and a variety of other nicknames, I'm sure, but it's his birthday today turning 40. And uh, Ryan, if you're listening, hopefully uh, you've had a good birthday. I miss you, buddy. Um, Since it is Ryan's birthday, uh, at the end of this podcast, when I'm done talking, I'm going to stitch on um, Ryan's uh, video part that he did for Hoffman Bikes um, a couple years ago that was tucked away, hidden in one of their uh, road trip DVDs. Uh, He filmed this part as part of like, they called it extra credit. Because he got hurt on the on the trip and he missed a couple other trips, so um, this amazing amazing part has been like kind of just tucked away in this uh, relatively unpopular video. And uh, I'm gonna put it on the end of this. Uh, if you're if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm gonna put it on the end when I'm done talking, and uh, hopefully everyone can enjoy that and appreciate that because uh, it's one of my uh, favorite video parts, especially from Ryan. But I mean. Uh, uh, Ryan's a pretty meticulous guy, so like every clip was like <laughs> specially chosen and uh, and filmed. I did a couple of I filmed a couple of the clips very poorly, um, but yeah, you'll realize this dude kills it on uh, on everything: park, dirt, street, everything. It's and uh, the it's edited really well, and uh, it's got a really cool song by Q and Not You, and uh, you should uh, look forward to that after I'm done. Uh, talking about nothing. (laughs) Um, So uh, as far as like content goes for BMX stuff, uh, I've been really uh, stoked on what Dave Reimuth is doing with the VHS BMX Instagram, where he takes a video from like the, the VHS era and he talks a little bit about that video. He puts up clips. And he has uh, someone that's involved in the video do like a little uh, written intro for it. I did one for uh, a video that me and my friends made back in the day called Stock. And uh, I don't know, the content's really, really cool. He recently put up a bunch of stuff of Kurt Schmidt that will blow your mind if you if you wanna go and watch that. Um, also, my buddy Dave Mavro has been killing it lately on social media, putting up a lot of... Um, Contest footage from, God, Dave was at, you know, the biggest contest in the last 20 years. He was filming for Fuel TV and probably a variety of other projects as well. And uh, putting up stuff from like X Games, Do Tours, Elevation, Backyard Jams. He's got all this like crisp, unseen footage. So go check him out on YouTube and on Instagram as well. Um, what else? What uh, else? I was thinking about this the other day. And I tried to think about how I was going to talk about this. So I might not make much sense here, but I'm going to go for it anyways. Remember how I was saying saying earlier when I was talking about me wanting to be a pro bike rider? Or really just wanting to be involved. I wanted to be at the contest. I wanted to be in props. Um, I wanted something from BMX. Now, I realize that BMX doesn't owe you shit. Doesn't owe anybody anything. Um, And nobody owes you anything. But I wanted to be a pro bike rider. And I wanted to be involved. And does anyone else remember a time in BMX when that was really, when that was like frowned upon? Like if you had told somebody like, yeah, I really want to quote unquote make it in BMX. Then you kind of got hated on by the hardcores. You're kind of like ridiculed. Because it seemed, and I don't know if this still goes on, but if you're, Intentions for riding were anything but quote unquote i'm just having fun i i i all I care about is fun and just be having fun unless you said that you were like you were a dick, and again, I might just be i I've, I've built this up in my mind, but I remember being asked questions both like uh you know being interviewed and and uh like at a contest or something. Someone asks you, how's the weekend going? How's the course? Uh, And having like a terrible weekend and still saying like, oh, I'm just having fun, even though I wasn't really having fun. So I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And yeah, we we all got into riding because it was fun. We're kids and we enjoyed it. We were having fun with our friends, causing trouble and doing whatever you're doing, jumping your bike. And, but as I... Stuck with riding more and more as I progressed. I think so did my mentality with why I was doing what I was doing. is because I fell in love with it. I became passionate about it. And when, you're, when you love something, when you're passionate about it, you will do a lot of things that aren't fun to do this thing that you love. Um, you'll go through the anger and the frustration and uh, the pain to do this thing that you love, just because our hearts are all in it. But even with all that, you would still say like, oh, I'm just, just having fun, just having fun. And uh, it came to be known as what I started to call the fun facade, where like if you didn't say, uh, like, or if your intentions were anything but just having fun, and then like I said, you were a dick. And I've seen other people do this. I was at a big high profile contest and there was a big high profile rider that's like, throwing, this is not that long ago either. He's like throwing his bike and he's screaming obscenities and he's just having the worst day. Like he was having zero fun. He was having less fun than anybody there. And they put a camera in his face and like, oh, so how do you feel about the course? How do you feel about this? Or how do you feel about that? And he's just like, oh, I'm just out here having fun. I'm just having fun. It's like, dude, <laughs> we're not buying it. You're transparent. Like we can see right through it. Like, you're pissed. You want to be here to do well and things aren't going right. So, I always wondered if other people noticed that as well. Because uh, I'm guilty of doing the same stuff, like I said. Um, so, I'm not trying to sound like a hypocrite. But, uh, did anyone see the the Beastie Boys documentary when uh, they call the one dude... One, one dude gets called out in an interview, interview for being a hypocrite and he straight up says to the guys, like, I'd rather be a hypocrite than be the same guy forever. I was like, damn, that was... That's a good quote. Anyways, so yeah, I'd, I'd always wondered, like, uh, you know, hiding behind that fun facade because we were like afraid to say what our actual intentions were. Because anything other than just for fun was not was not cool. Um, I I remember um, being at a contest, and like I said, I got I got asked all these questions, and you know, just hiding behind that facade when really I should have just said, well, you know. I'm not having a good good ride here today, and uh, I really want to do well so I can keep my sponsors happy. They spent a lot of money flying me to the other side of the world here, and uh, I really feel like I'm not living up to expectations. So, no, not, not having fun here. That's what you should say, but you don't say stuff like that. Now, I remember, um, like, you gotta respect dudes like Miron, and Mira, and like, even Nyquist, because they never hid behind that. You never heard them, like, have to to say they were just having fun. I remember an interview one time with Jay Miron where he uh he'd won this big B three contest and they're interviewing him after the contest and Mira wasn't there and Nyquist wasn't there and a couple of the other uh heavy hitters were not there and they asked Miron if he's excited about the win, he's like, No, I'm not excited about this because uh the other guys weren't here and it just kind of opened the door for me to win and I'd much rather just get a win when those guys are here so I can uh, because those are my competition so it was weird to say like he just probably made a mountain of money all the sponsor time on TV and it's like I'm not happy about this and imagine if you had said to Miron after that interview imagine if you went up to and you're like hey Jay as long as you were having fun Dude, Miron would have kicked you right in your pussy. No doubt. I was trying to film a video part uh, a couple years ago. I was filming for a kink video, and I was trying to get this clip at my local park where I was uh, tail whipping this pocket. And I wanted the clip really bad. I wanted to have a good video part. And I was putting myself through the ringer for this video part, and I was you know stressing myself out a lot. And I was trying to get this clip, and... I was uh, I kept doing the pocket air and I wasn't doing the tail up, wasn't doing the tail up, wasn't doing the tail up. Like, And there's nothing more frustrating than when like you can't even get yourself to try the trick and you're just upset with yourself. And then I gave it a couple half-hearted attempts and that's that sucks too. And I remember I pop out on the deck, I'm tired and I'm upset, I'm ready to just throw my bike. And this dude comes up to me, a guy that I know, a guy that I like, uh, so I don't hate him for this, but... Guy comes up to me, he goes, so what do you try? And I explain it to him and he, I I explain everything. And he looks at me and he goes, well, as long as you're having fun. I was like, yeah, 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 I'm having fun. Yeah. Cause I felt like I had to say that, right? So that he wouldn't think poorly of me. And then I gave it a few more tries and then I snapped my ankle in half. (laughs) So uh, that sucked. Um, I had to spend a, about eight weeks in a, in a cast. So that wasn't cool. But do you get what I'm saying though? You understand what I'm talking about? Maybe not. Maybe I need to go back and just delete this whole thing. I don't know. But to me, it kind of makes sense. Um, Nyquist was another guy. Nyquist never hid behind that shit. He was, and Nyquist is one of the most fun people to be around ever. Uh, Whether you're riding, whether you're out to dinner, whether you're just like chilling, Nyquist is a fun guy to be around. But when it came time to like ride a contest, like there was no one more serious than Nyquist and you respected him for it. And that's why he did so good. Um, You guys have all probably probably seen him on like ESPN. Like, you know, he's in eighth place, needs a 98.99 to win the contest. He's the last rider to drop in in the finals. Um... And you just see the look on his face. He's just stoic and he's focused and it's like true athleticism. And then he drops in and like lights the place on fire, wins the contest. And then, of course, he would go out and buy everyone dinner and uh, everyone would have a good time. So shout out to Nyquist. But uh, yeah, he was another guy that you never like, he never had to hide behind like, oh, just having fun. It's like, no, dude, like I'm, I'm here to actually do something. So, again, I don't know if I'm making any sense. But uh, one time we were at X Games, and while I'm talking about Nyquist, we were, um, I was on the roll-in, and I was, it was my run was coming up, and I'm standing there, and we were really close to the crowd, because they always put the roll-ins, like, up in the stands, kind of. And these dudes are kind of, like, heckling me. Not so much heckling, they, they were nice. They were just, like, trying to get my attention, and they're like, Doyle, yeah, Doyle, do it! Do a double truck driver, done. Just like going on and on, and I, I'm just kind of waving and smiling and trying to be cool, but I'm super nervous about my next run. And these guys are kind of like heckling me, and then like Nyquist kind of rolls up in between me and where these fans are are standing and heckling, and he goes, "Hey guys, let them focus." And then the guys went back to their seats, and Nyquist kind of like just gave me a nod. He's like, "All right," and I'm like, "Damn, all right." So, yeah, shout out to Nyquist. Um, <laughs> when, uh, when, when I was young and I was starting to travel a lot, when I was like, say, I think I was around 17, um, me and Todd Wachowiak traveled a lot together. And we didn't make a lot of money uh, at all. Uh, my first year on DK, I was making, I think, 200 bucks a month. And Todd, I think, was making a little bit more. But regardless, we were uh, hang, <coughs> hanging out with Nyquist, at his hotel, and me and Todd, for some reason—and and don't judge us—we were young, but <laughs> we asked Nyquist. We're like, "How much money do you make?" <laughs> we had the the gall, the wherewithal, to just straight up ask Nyquist, "Hey, how much money do you make?" <laughs> and um, Nyquist was like, "Oh, okay." He, he was like, "Gonna indulge us? He was gonna let us know." So he's like, "He gets out of." A piece of paper and a pen and he starts writing things down and we're like what's he writing down how does he not know and he's just like just writing down numbers and then he gets done with it after like five minutes he looks at the piece of paper and he crumbles it up he's like I can't tell you guys <laughs> and we're like oh come on man we didn't we're kids we're 17 years old and he's like I can't tell you And we're like, okay. (laughs) So, um, I always thought that was funny. I always think about that. Um, so Nyquist, great dude. Love the guy. Um, dude, did you guys see that clip of Corey Nastasio that he recently put up on Instagram? He's a little ass kid and he's riding a horse bareback and he's got nothing on except for shorts, no shoes, no socks. Uh, no shirt, of course, it's Nastasia, And he's just kicking ass on this horse. It's a real quick clip. Like he kind of makes the horse speed up from a dead stop and, and then stops the horse again. Dude, so badass. And he tells this story about how he used to ditch school. And then when school was getting out, he would ride his horse to school and then race the school buses. And like everyone would be like cheering him on, yeah, Nastasio, or whatever. Um, dude, just badass from birth, right? Nasty, in my opinion, is like the realest dude out there still. He's in his 40s now, and he's like doing double backflips at like 7.30 in the morning by himself at some trails he built himself that are in a field out near like Bakersfield, California, and just sending it. Uh, Dude, like just the realest dude. Um, That's a guy whose heart is like... Truly in BMX, for life, just an uh, absolute uh, legend. And I don't like to toss the word legend around, but, dude, Nastasio is, there's never gonna be another Court Nastasio, ever. Straight legend status, 100%. And, uh, <laughs> think, uh, now that I'm thinking about Nastasio, my favorite Nastasio story was from uh, probably 2001. And I was out in California. I used to go out to California every winter to, um, you know, shoot photos, film. Uh, the industry was out there, so I'd find myself out there every winter. Uh, I'd stay with Biz and Heath Pinter, and uh, one night we go out to the club, Club Metro, which I believe was in Riverside. And everyone's there. It's like nasty white Snake, Stephen Murray, uh, and then countless other Riverside guys, Southern California guys, and we're all having a good time. I know, you know, so many people at this club and I get pulled onto the dance floor by this girl named Jamie Lilly. And Jamie Lilly used to race for free agent back in the day. I don't know what class she was in, but she was a pretty fast racer. She had a lot of success. She pulls me onto the dance floor and we start dancing, cutting it up. And uh, we're just having a laugh. We're making fun of all the other people on the dance floor that are taking the club super serious. So I'm on the dance floor and I start feeling this this pulling at my shirt. And I turn around and it's nasty. He's like, Doyle, we're gonna go outside and fight these guys. Come on, man, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm good. I'm nasty, I don't wanna fight anybody. Why, am I, why would I fight anybody? And uh, he gets distracted and then leaves me alone, goes to somebody else. And then a couple of minutes pass and I feel the same pull at my shirt. And it's Nastasio again. Doyle, come on, we got to fight these guys. Come on, let's go. Let's, he's pulling harder. And I say, "All right, nasty. I'm right behind you." And I uh <laughs> he runs toward the door and like there's a bunch of people going outside either that are either in the fight or are going to watch the fight that's about to happen. And I took like two steps off the dance floor and I'm like, "I'm not going outside." <laughs> so I go back to the dance floor and I continue dancing with Jamie Lily. And uh I think about five minutes had passed and I'm like, I wonder what's going on outside. And I noticed like some people starting to come back into the club and I go outside and like everyone's kind of like sitting on the curb and people are trying to get themselves together and you can smell that everyone's been pepper sprayed or, or was it mace? I don't know. But, um, we'll say pepper spray for the sake of the story. Um, so, uh, Stephen Murray's like sitting on the ground trying to get himself together my eyes, my fucking eyes oh my eyes he'd gotten pepper sprayed in the face and he had had LASIK eye surgery like two days prior <laughs> he just got pepper sprayed in the face um, and I go over to Nasty and Nasty's trying to get himself together I'm like so uh did I miss the fight? <laughs> And Nasty looks at me and he just starts laughing, just starts losing it. Like, ah, Doyle shows up late to the fight. (laughs) I love it. And uh, that's kind of where the story ends. But then like two days later, we're at Nasty's house and we're we're, like bullshitting and we're telling the story again. And he's telling everyone the same story that I just told you. But in his version of the story, for some reason, (laughs) I come out of the club and I'm not wearing a shirt and I'm sweating. So that was like his version of the story was like a little bit different. So that story made it into Stephen Murray's book. And uh, I'm wondering what their version of the story is like, because they were actually outside and, you know, they were getting ready to throw down. I don't know if any punches were actually thrown or if everyone got pepper sprayed beforehand. not really sure. But uh, if you have a chance to read that book, I I think the story's in there because I told that story to Nasty and Nasty's like, yeah, that's in there, man. That's in there. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, so yeah, shout out to Nasty. Shout out to Club Metro. Dude, you know who's a good dancer? And this might not even surprise you, but do you know who a good, <laughs> a dude that can cut a rug? is Mike Aiken. Mike Aiken can fucking dance. And again, that might not surprise you. You're like, of course, the dude's got the best style on a bike. It's no wonder he's probably that good at everything. You know, I always wonder, it like those dudes that have just, Amazing style. Would they like if they played tennis? Would they just have the best looking swing? Or if they played golf, would they just have the best swing? Or um, if they were swimmers, would they just have more style in the pool? I don't know. But Mike Aiken can dance, and this is how I know this because Aiken came out to Erie when I lived in Erie in 2001. He came out in the winter, which was crazy. Uh, came out, and my two roommates, which were Mike Sesney and. Chris Bennett. I'm really being a name dropper on this episode. Um, My two roommates, they had girlfriends and every evening they would go spend time with their girlfriends and Aiken would look at me like, Doyle, what the fuck? Let's go ride. And I'd be like, okay. So we would go out to Tim Shiver's barn, uh, the electrical barn that you've probably seen in like countless uh, square one videos and things like that. And we would ride. Um, At this barn, Aiken taught me how to do downside fast plants on walls pretty sick so we're at Tim's barn and I think either BJ Gritza or Justin Kendall was there and they're like hey there's this party in Edinburgh if you guys want to come to this party tonight and me and Aiken are like yeah we'll go to this party so we go to this party that's in the basement of a frat house and they're playing some really good music and you know the music just was hitting Aiken right, and he just starts uh, dancing. <laughs> and he's like, dancing good. He was kind of goofy, but you could tell he knew what he was doing. Um, yeah, he starts cutting it up in uh, in the basement of a frat house and everyone was loving it. And like, everyone pretty much started dancing after that. And uh, these girls came up to us and they're like, Oh my God, everyone here is so boring, except for you guys. You have to come back tomorrow night. We're having another party. So um, we got invited back the next night, went to this party, cut it up again. Um, And Aiken was like the hero because he, dude could dance. And I think, I think the second night we brought Steve Cuesta and maybe Delfrano, maybe, um, maybe Napolitan was there too. I don't remember. Um, actually I know Cuesta was there because Cuesta got up on a pole and did some weird shit but uh (laughs) if you know Cuesta that's not surprising anyways see that this is why you follow me right this so you can uh, hear the things about your favorite pros that you just didn't know about there's your Mike Aiken story dude can dance (laughs) shout out to to Mikey Um, you know the most hardcore bike rider to ever live and in fact that's not really my quote Um, That's I'm quoting um, Heath Pinter, who Heath Pinter. If you don't know it, is like the best storyteller, and he's one of the smartest, most articulate people you could ever hope to meet. Um, If you ever uh, get a chance, sit down and talk to Heath and have him tell you a couple stories, because you will uh, you'll lose your mind and you will laugh so hard. But one time I was in a van with Heath Pinter. And we were talking. I, see, I'd just gotten on Rockstar Energy Drink and I was getting shit for it. I was, um, people on social media were calling me a sellout and saying some, some weird shit about me. And I didn't like it. And I was like, kinda, I was offended by it. You know, I'm only human. You know, this is the, the m- remember back in the day on the come up, like when they, you could comment anonymously? And if you put something out, you could get like 50 comments that say that you're awesome. But then there's one comment that they say you're like fucking lame or something. And all you do is focus on that one comment. Remember that? I guess that's like a a human thing. Regardless, um, people were calling me a sellout. Oh, fucking sellout, ride for Rockstar, corporate deals, blah, blah, blah. And I was bummed. And I told Heath about that. And Heath broke it down to me. And he's like, all those people that will call you a sellout, have they ever had to turn down a deal to ride for an energy drink company? Probably not. And he says, you know, until that person can turn down a, a company like Rockstar, then they can't tell you shit. So fuck them. I was like, oh, once again, Heath makes total sense. And, that's, and then he says to me, he goes, that's why Mikey Aiken is the most hardcore bike rider of all time. And I said, what? And he goes, yeah, Mike Aiken is the most hardcore bike rider of all time because of the deals that he turned down to stay loyal to the companies that he rode for. And I thought a lot about that. It's like, wow, yeah. Because Mikey had so many deals on the table at one point. I mean, I'm talking uh, GT, Miraco, um, uh, I, I think Specialized. At, uh, Specialized, I'm not sure. I think, I think he got offered to ride for Specialized. But he had all these like big money deals that he was just turning down because he wanted to stay with Fit. Or um, he left vans to ride for low tech which was the B, the core BMX shoe brand. So that is why, uh, and, and again, this, these are all like Heath's words that I'm just spilling onto you. Um, but I always thought that was really interesting. I always thought about that. Like you can only be as hardcore as your options will allow you to be. And until, and before you call somebody, you know, a sellout or whatever, you got to th- like, were you ever offered a, a chance to do this or that? A lot of times, no. But Hey, sometimes I guess there are people out there though that like have turned down like big deals that they can talk shit, talk shit because you know they've uh, they've been there, they've done that again. Once again, I feel like I'm not making any sense. I'm just kind of spitballing here, just uh, talking for your enjoyment. But uh, maybe I should wrap it up with that. Um, hopefully, I didn't embarrass Mikey too much. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, you guys have enjoyed this. Yet another. Uh, solo performance here um, for my podcast, hoping I can get to a guest as soon as quarantine lifts and uh, we can all get together again. Also, um, stay tuned if you're watching on YouTube. um, Be sure to stay tuned for this uh, Ryan Barrett video part that I'm going to try and throw up real quick. Enjoy that and then go wish him happy birthday or happy belated birthday if you're hearing this later. So uh, thank you all for listening and I hope to see you all soon.